0: Where was I? Here I am. And you can at least sit down with us to eat. Shame you didn't put as much effort into your last marriage as he did with his dinner. Maybe then I'd be living with my dad and not a bitch and her asshole husband's family. Ooh, spicy!
1: My mama I'ma eat you like Jeff
0: Dahmer Say she on a period. Let's make a mess, mama. I desensitize myself to it. I I I uh I don't know, I went to great lengths. Never did I,
1: I knew it would be this easy. How to month that shit greasy. Yeah, the nigga shit cheesy. People said to get my corner, when I turn around. Oh, it's just measy. Everybody wanna get away from me because I got he jeebies. Masked up like Michael. That game on the Halloween. What you do with the sexual parts? I wouldn't ignore your
0: currency. How long ago did this start, son? Like I say, right before you? butt naked in your neighbor's pool.
1: I stay stunned while I'm face fucking at decapitated school. You ever seen that before? Freak nasty gore, I need asking Louis a- It
0: was a freak show. <laughs> wrong? What are you doing? Try anything, and you cancel, bro.
1: I'm fixated on a fixiating and breaking this little chicks' neck like a pixie stick. The six Satan worshipping bitches get horse whipping. I'm in the back, through the back door, slipping through the crack, leaving the court, dripping the mortgage and the blood sent from above, forced entry the more, winchy the more. Stingy, I become, been doing this for more than a quarter century. I'm just my dreaming. Is it real? Someone pinch me on the buns. Do you feel blame? Are you mad? Uh, do you feel like we should buy French fries? Get French fries. Get ramens. Get Google. Get a big big ass sandwich. Like the British like a burger. Welcome back to the rainy day horror show. i Big Daddy Dave, and you are listening to the number one podcast on the internet. And today's episode is the first installment of Friday Short Reddit Horror Stories. And it's gonna be a good episode. It involves a missing child, murder, death, Stabby Stabberson's getting stabbed. It's a good fucking episode. It's graphic, it's gory, it's scary. And without further ado, Big D is going to introduce your host for tonight. Dusty McBalls, a.k.a. the Certified Cougar Hunter, a.k.a. your host with the most... So, without further ado, kick those shoes off, open up a beer, maybe a high fruit punch, and let's get lost in the sauce with Dusty's sexy voice. Round of applause, round of applause.
0: Thank you, Big D, for that beautiful intro. Before we even get into this episode, guys, I am sorry I am late, okay, I just got busy today, alright, I was gonna record this this morning, but, yeah, I was too lazy and got tired and just didn't want to fucking do it, so, it's coming at you guys late at night, so I apologize, okay, but we're here, we're gonna have some fun, it is Friday, I almost said it was Tuesday, but it's Friday, okay, it is short Reddit Horror Story Friday, and I have a good story, okay. Writing is not the greatest, but it is something we can work with, okay? It is also, I believe, written by someone from Great Britain or the UK area, specifically because of two words. Tenor, which is a $10 bill. I've never heard anybody in the US say that, but one of these YouTubers that I watch, he's from Great Britain, and he says tenor, and then boots. Which is, like, the trunk of a car. So, I would've... I looked it up, and it said it is English, like, Old English, like, Great Britain English for car trunk. But, it's gonna be a good episode. This is a good story. It is a little bit of a lengthy one. Ooh, this is different. Ooh, shocking. Ooh, long. Ooh, what? Dusty's on some shit tonight, isn't he? Yes. I'm on all of the shits, okay? But it's gonna be a good episode, alright? This... Story comes from the subreddit scary stores, not stores, stories, with the user being Tumbleweed Passes. The title of this story is called Missing. Sit back, relax, no crocs, let's have fun, and just listen to me tell a good fucking story, all right? So, without further ado, let's get into it. I sat in the living room, gently swirling my mid-afternoon coffee around in my mug. It was a chilly Friday in February, and I had managed to complete enough of my workload to allow myself the rest of the day off. A rare treat. I decided to indulge in my favorite sitcom before everybody returned from school and work. As I began digging around the couch for the remote, I couldn't find it. I sighed and began rooting through all the clutter on the coffee table in hopes of finding it there. During my search, my fingers brushed over a picture nestled under a fishing magazine. I picked it up. It was a picture of my late ex-husband, Mike, and our daughter, Yasmin, out on one of their camping adventures. I released a bittersweet smile. Mike and I had split up when Yasmin was just two, due to his workaholic nature. It was a rough divorce, but once the dust settled, we co-parented very well. We had split custody of Yasmin, although she'd always been a daddy's girl. Whoa, hold on, rewind. Although she'd always been a daddy's girl and always favored staying at his house, so they could go have outdoor adventures. Mike sadly passed away four years ago when Yasmin was ten. Do to a lengthy battle with his mental health, which was worsened by the loss of both his parents in a short time span. Yasmin was distraught, and after years of therapy, she seemed to be doing better in herself. Two years ago, we moved in with my now husband, Kenny. Kenny had a beautiful home and welcomed us with open arms. He has two kids from his previous girlfriend, who decided parenting was not for her, and abruptly moved to another country while the kids were very young. Kenny's two kids were non-identical twins, Jake and Holly, who were nine. Jake and Holly are both pretty well-behaved, For their age. And I've made an effort to make them feel comfortable having me around. Holly loves our days out getting milkshakes. And Jake enjoys our time spent kicking a ball around in the garden. They both enjoy watching wrestling. So normally the three of us will put it on the TV. And discuss how our day went while waiting for Kenny to get home. Yasmin, however, remains distant to us all. She's openly voiced her dislike for Kenny, calling him horrible and evil. Kenny overall is a very good man, but he is quite short-tempered. He'll often snap if his limits are pushed. I've told my daughter to simply not push his buttons and he won't tell her off. Yasmin will then bluntly remind me that he's not her parent and isolates herself in her room. A year ago, we brought a family dog in hopes to help everyone bond. He was a very small Chihuahua named Yappy. Sadly, Yappy escaped through our front door six months later, and the outcome was not good. Being the last one home, Kenny was sure he shut the front door upon his arrival, but concluded he must have forgotten. Kenny felt awful, and his kids were devastated. Yasmin was unbothered. I downed the last of my now lukewarm coffee and slid the photograph into a drawer in the coffee table. I plucked the remote from under a half-eaten bag of sweets and began binging my sitcom. Half past three clicks around, well, half past, it's a tongue twister people, I don't know why, but it just is. Alright, it's tripping me up. Half past three ticked around, and the front door opened. Jake and Holly entered, dumping their school bags in the hallway and running to join me in the living room. Hey, you two. How was school? I asked them. It was... eh, Jake replied. Can we watch wrestling? I nodded my head, turning off my sitcom and replacing it with their favorite show. The intro sounded, and the camera panned over the wrestlers. Look, Holly exclaimed, it's the Mushroom Man versus Bloodthirst tonight. Go Bloodthirst, I yelled, as Jake and Holly perched on the sofa next to me. In all the excitement, I forgot to keep an eye on the time. The front door opened once more, and Kenny walked in. He kicked his shoes off in the hallway before joining us in the living room. "'Who's winning?' he asked, squeezing himself onto the crowded couch. "'Mushroom Man,' Jake told him without taking his eyes off the screen. "'You're home early. How was work?' I asked my husband. "'I'm only half an hour early,' chuckled Kenny.' Boss let us all leave early because we're so good at our jobs and that he had an emergency maintenance issue at home. I laughed and began to pull myself off the couch. Right. I guess I'd best start making dinner. Kenny stood up and, whoa, this part trips me up because Kenny stood up and then it goes into a quote, but well, it's it's okay. Threw me off a little bit. Now I'm having this awkward conversation because I don't know how to end it. So I'm just going to end it abruptly right now and just go back into it. So here we go. Kenny stood up. No need. I'll cook tonight. It's my turn to be the chef. And with that, he disappeared into the kitchen. I pulled out my phone to send Yasmin a text. It certainly wasn't uncommon for her to come back later as she'd be often hanging out with friends, but I wanted to make sure she'd be back for dinner. An hour went by, and I got no response. I sent another text. Dinner, Kenny called. We all got up and headed for the kitchen. Kenny had made a lovely lasagna with a medley of vegetables on the side. As we were loading our plates with piping hot lasagna, the front door opened. It was Yasmin. Where have you been? Why didn't you reply to my texts? I was worried, I told her. Yasmin shrugged. I was with friends. I couldn't reply. I sighed. We'll come and get a plate. Yasmin slunk into the kitchen and piled on a small helping before turning towards the door. Where are you going? I asked her. My room. Yas, no. We're eating together down here today. Come on. I motioned, towards the dining ta- I motioned towards the dining room table. No thanks, Yasmin replied sarcastically. I don't like anyone here. I'll just eat upstairs. No. Your mother said you're eating down here. Now have a seat. Kenny interjected firmly. Yasmin scoffed. Nobody was talking to you. I am my own person, and I want to eat by myself. Don't be rude. You can join us for once rather than always avoiding us like we're ogres, I insisted. I said I don't want to. You and your little fake family can eat together, but count me out. Yasmin, don't be so rude, I told her. Kenny has put a lot of effort into dinner. And you can't at... And you... Whoa. 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 Relax. Okay? Relax. We're here. Having fun. Where was I? Here I am. And you can at least sit down with us to eat. Shame you didn't put as much effort into your last marriage as he did with his dinner. Maybe then I'd be living with my dad and not a bitch and her asshole husband's family.
1: Ooh, spicy! Ooh!
0: Right. That's it. Kenny got up from the table and walked over to Yasmin, snatching the plate from her hands and dumping the contents into the bin. Now go away. I'm not dealing with your bullshit. We want to eat... In peace, he rejoined his kids at the table, now looking back up at Yasmin. Yasmin let out a shocked laugh before slamming the door. I swallowed the lump in my throat before joining everyone at the table. Kenny shook his head. Unbelievable, he muttered under his breath. She's just a teenager, Ken. It's all new to her. She's had a really rough time with here come the excuses Kenny interrupted I've got all the sympathy in the world for what she went through but we can't keep we can't just keep coddling her That girl's got too much attitude to talk like that in my damn house Dinner went on in silence After we'd finished I proceeded to load the dishwasher Holly began washing up the non-dishwasher friendly utensils while Jake grabbed a tea towel and started drying. Kenny loaded up a plate with lasagna and began to walk to the door. I knew exactly where he was going, and I couldn't help but smile. As I said, although grumpy, he was a kind soul. Once the kitchen was clean and everything was put away, we returned to the living room for what we called Family Film Night. Rather than rotating who picks the movie because last time that led to a loud dispute, we use a random movie picker on our tablet to choose what w- what we should watch this week. I don't know why the story is tripping me up, but it is. I don't know why. Today, the act the app <laughs> today, the app picked us the time traveler, which looked like a sort of sci fi thriller. Holly went off to grab popcorn and drinks for our makeshift cinema while Jake began the download. About 10 minutes later, Kenny returned and sat next to me on the couch. How did it go? I asked softly. Kenny smiled, we're going fishing tomorrow, I was bewildered, how did you pull that off? I told you, I'm the best, Kenny chuckled, putting his arm around me, that, and I said, and I said I'd give her a tenner, I don't know if I explained this in the intro before I started the story, a tenner is a ten dollar bill, so, there you go, more knowledge for you guys to use, I'm such a teacher. Look at me teaching you guys. God, I'm just a can full of knowledge. Can, can of... You understand what I meant. Don't laugh at me. I rolled my eyes. The the reliable method of bribery. I sighed. Won't she need a fishing license? It'll be alright. My usual spot is very secluded. Nobody will catch us out. And if they do, she's under 12. Kenny woke up early the next morning and made everyone pancakes. I stumbled around the kitchen, still half asleep. You'll have to go wake her up soon, Kenny told me. I want to get going once I've loaded the car. Yasmin put up her usual battle to refrain from coming to life, but eventually relented. While she was getting ready, I chucked on my jogging bottoms and jumper and helped kenny load the car. I really lucked out with the weather today, my husband beamed as he finished carefully sliding the fishing rods into the boot, which is the trunk like I said in the intro. He cursed. Damn it. I left my tackle box in the shed. He then quickly paced back to the he then quickly paced back to the back garden. While I continued to pack the car, I moved Kenny's thick winter jacket out of the way to make room when suddenly something slipped out the boot. I looked down to be met with a large hunting knife with the panther carved into the handle. He must need it for fishing, I thought to myself. I hope he doesn't get caught with it. That's certainly not legal to carry. Kenny soon reappeared, tackled box in hand. I soon bid farewell to my husband and daughter before heading back inside, pondering what to do with my day. I decided to get to get caught up with some projects at work and sent my mother in law a text if she could have her grandchildren for the day. My mother in law replied within five minutes with a very positive yes. Jack and Holly, who had just finished their breakfast, looked up at me as I entered. Alright, get changed. We're off to go see your grandma. Four o'clock came around, and I drove the half hour to my mother-in-law's to pick up Jake and Holly. Thanks for having them, Mavis. I've managed to get loads done in that time, I smiled. Anytime time, Please come in for tea. We got home at around 6. Jake and Holly immediately headed for their rooms. I resumed my spot on the couch. I picked up my mobile phone, which I'd accidentally left on the couch all day. Four missed calls from Kenny. I panic and call him. No response. As I'm pacing the living room wondering what could be wrong, Kenny's car pulls into the driveway. I ran out to meet him. Why the fuck did you not answer your phone? He yelled. I left it on the couch on silent all day. Are you okay? Where's Yasmin? Kenny looked pale. She's disappeared. I looked everywhere. I couldn't get any phone service at the river, so I tried to call you during the 40-minute drive home. Call the police. Within what felt like seconds, I'd called the police, and we were all in the car heading towards the river, dropping Jake and Holly back to the grandparents on the way. What actually happened, Kenny? What happened? I asked him frantically. Kenny gripped the steering wheel. We got to the river at noon. I unloaded the car and we walk the 20 minutes to my fishing spot. We get set up, get out our chairs, bait our lines, and have some sodas while chatting. About two hours in, Yasmin says she needs the toilet. I tell her to go ahead and go behind a tree. She gets up and walks off. Sounded like she walked off quite far, but I assumed she wanted more privacy. Then, five minutes go by and I call out asking if everything's okay. No response. I stand up and start walking to where it sounded like she went, still calling out and making my presence known. Ten minutes go by, then twenty, and by this point I'm running about everywhere frantically shouting out out, but she was just gone. Kenny took a deep breath, swallowing hard. There were no other cars around us when we parked. There was no sign of anyone else for miles. I didn't reply. I just stared straight ahead in silence. The police met us at the scene. Kenny repeated what he told me. Let me rewind. Kenny repeated what he told me and led the officers to the fishing spot. That sounded weird, and I got scared for a second. That's why I reread it. Where was I? It was Sunday at two seventeen. No. We drove inside. Yeah, neither of us slept. Thankfully, my mother-in-law was more than happy to let Jake and Holly stay for a few days while we continued looking for my daughter. It was Sunday at 2.17 p.m. that we received the call. Yasmin's body had been found, washed up on a bank a mile down the river. Kenny sobbed. I was numb. Upon arriving back at the scene, An officer took us aside. Tell me what happened, please. Just tell me what happened. I can take it. I stuttered my words out. The officer gave me a sympathetic look, before telling me Yasmin's throat was cut and her body thrown into the river. We've identified this as the murder weapon. It was found within a puncture wound in her body where she washed up on the officer said, pulling out an evidence bag containing a hunting knife with a panther carved into the handle. I looked at Kenny. His face was ashen and his mouth hung open. That's my... That's... But he couldn't get the words out. It's been six months... Since my daughter's death. After the discovery, myself, Jake, and Holly were all taken in for questioning. We all said Kenny and Yasmin had a very strained relationship. We recounted all the times well, we recounted all the times things would blow up, including our dinner that night. With all the evidence. Kenny was found guilty and wept as he was taken away from everyone. My ex-husband, Kenny, is currently in prison. I don't know what happened to his kids. Maybe custody was given to their grandma or another family member. Or maybe they're in the system. I don't know anymore. What I do know is now I get a fresh start. Even more free... Than I was before. You see. Mike was easy to get rid of. It was infuriating to watch someone who had little time. For me. Have all the time in the world. For our daughter. I grew resentment. His already receding mental health. Was easy to push over. The edge. With some anonymous letters. And fake social media accounts. Bullying him for the loss of his parents all that was left was to constantly keep him from seeing yasmin and he was gone it quickly became apparent that yasmin was going to be a pain in the ass and try to sabotage every future relationship i had by see- by being not seeing by being insufferable to everyone She just had to go. Kenny's hunting knife, tucked into my pajama trousers and hidden under my robe, was the perfect hiding spot. I'm so grateful my ex mother in law took his kids that day so I could finish my little quote unquote project. She was a huge help. I don't know what will happen to Kenny. I sold his house after the divorce and moved away but through the grapevine i heard he's not coping well in his cell but we'll see how that plays out and as for yappy well he was just a nuisance simply sneaking to the front door after kenny got home a lot after kenny got home from a long day and went straight to the shower was easy he still carries that burden in his heart, but I'm sure his mind is full of other things these days. My name is Yvonne Slater, and I'm ready for a fresh start. And that is the end of the episode. Good story. That was a great story. Um, Ending needed a little bit of work, but, you know, it wasn't too shabby. It wasn't too shabby. Um, creepy encounters tomorrow. So, it's going to be a good episode. And then I have to... Give me two seconds because I'm going to look up the Texas serial killer. Because Texas, I am doing you this... I just burped. This, um... Fucking... Saturday. Sunday, not Saturday. Sunday. Is it this guy? Yeah, we're doing Charles Albright. He, when he'd kill his victims, he'd collect their eyeballs. Fucking weird, right? Totally something new. Haven't heard about this one before. And he actually has a similarity to Jeffrey Dahmer. But I'm not going to give that away. You guys are going to have to just wait and see till, fr- till Sunday. It's, it's good. It's going to be a good episode. I'm really stoked to look into this. And I just want to say, I forgot that the death penalty was legal in Texas. So, like... All of these serial killers, I just saw death penalty, lethal injection, hanging, execute. Like, it was just fucking crazy. I was like, why are all these people getting, um, fuck, what is it? The death penalty. And I realized, like, oh, Texas has the death penalty legalized. Duh. So, that's funny. But, yeah, we're doing him, Charles Albright. This is going to be a new one. I've never heard of him. Um, I actually don't really know a whole lot of fucking... Texas serial killers, so it's going to be interesting, it's going to be fun, and I'm really stoked to do that episode, but I'm going to let you guys go for the rest of the night, it's the weekend, have fun, don't do anything too stupid, right, I mean it is, if you're in the Midwest, it is 10.02 p.m. when this is coming out, so, well actually when I'm finished, well, when this episode is finished, it's 10.02 p.m., Okay, I'm going to be here for like another 30 minutes editing, right? Thank God for presets. If there's anybody out there that does podcasting, and if you mix and master your own vocals, because I do it and I don't think a whole lot of people do it, just makes the voice, my voice sound nice and crispy, gives it a little bit of volume, a little bit of tone, makes it sound nice and sexy, right? presets save me so much fucking time bro if you are doing podcasting or just music in general use fucking presets i've never used a preset up until now okay and if you don't know what a preset is you can look it up on youtube and they will give you a bunch of presets it's not like they'll tell you what a preset is it's basically let's take like a eq or a reverb everybody knows reverb no let's take auto tune everybody knows auto tune you know t-pain how it gets that like weird like thing at, at, at the end of his voice yeah it's a reverb so if you have something tailored to your voice like since i'm the only one that does this minus when gabby comes on here but since i'm the only one that does here i have like specific settings saved which is also known as a preset you save that setting and it goes as a preset i'm hoping i hope i'm explaining this right so Then I just plug it into my interface and it just automatically goes straight to my voice and makes me sound sexy. That's why I sound so fucking good now. I sound like Fabio, right? But I'm going to let you guys go. Have fun. Stay safe, all right? Remember, I'm going to say it again. Don't know why I said stay safe so fucking soon. But remember, stay frosty, stay foxy. Most importantly, the most important thing, stay safe, you beautiful peacocks. I love y'all. Deuces. (laughs)